You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Power of Why podcast with your host, Jeanette Collazo. Today, I want to talk about supervision and what can we do in our role as supervisors to have a healthy group, a good team, making sure that we have what we need in terms of the environment of the shop floor to reduce or avoid human error. I often hear supervisors that complain because they want to have a group that is going to be successful, but sometimes they are faced with certain obstacles that are, you know, above their power or, you know, that they don't have control of. And those are the kinds of things that worry most of supervisors, that they do, they can with what they have. And sometimes they don't have everything that they need in order to be successful and to have a group that it's going to be successful. So whenever I talk to supervisors, I always tell them that, that they need to learn certain things that are beyond the technical elements. Remember, when you hire supervisors, most of the times they are previous operators or previous technicians, and they get, you know, a promotion to be supervisors because they're very good when we talk about technical skills and, you know, they, the day-to-day activities. Activities. But remember that supervisors have a more important role than that. And it's because all of that is very important. But if you don't cover certain things about people, you won't be successful. And that's one of the things that I always tell them, because sometimes we think that the technical expertise is the only thing that supervisors need in order to be successful. And that couldn't be farther from the truth, because, you know, you are going to be as strong as your group is. And you are going to be dealing with people. It's people, the ones that are going to give you results. It's not you just giving instructions. And I, and I, if you remember one of the previous episodes in which I talk about a tale of two bosses, that's one of the things that I highlight in those, in that episode. So part of what we need to do is understand that we have to learn certain things. What are those things? First, we have to understand human limitations. We do have to understand that people can only do so much. We are very good when it comes to analysis, when it comes to decision-making, because we can, as humans, we can analyze infinite number of variables. And that's one of the things that makes us different from mechanical equipment, software, and all of those things. You really can't predict all possible variables. But if you understand human limitations, then you will understand what are the limitations that affect your group in particular. So that's one of the things that we need to understand, human limitations. And we'll talk about that. Also, we need to learn what can we do about these limitations? Remember, if I do understand that I have issues with attention, that I have issues with memory, then that's enough information to know that if I don't do anything about that, that's going to manifest eventually. So understanding the limitations allow us to understand what can we do about it. And that's what this is all about. The other things that you have to learn is what are the tools that you can use when you're supervising a group. And when I say tools, I talk about, 
you know, formal um, templates of meetings, of discussions, and, you know, the pre-job briefs, the debriefing of, of what's happening, and having that open conversation and learning from one another, and also discussing things that went right and things that didn't, so we can learn from it. And again, We want to avoid the blame game because that's not what we want, because the blame cycle is only going to create more mistakes. So when we talk about things that didn't go wrong, what we want to do is try to understand the elements or the things that contributed to that and what can we do to change that in the future. That's the only way that you're going to achieve a learning organization. Another thing that we need to pay attention is what are the things that could create errors due to your particular role, okay? What I'm trying to say is that there are things that supervisors do or don't do that contribute to errors in their group, in their team. So when we understand what I can do as a supervisor, specifically me in my role, and what do I have to improve in my role that contributes to making mistakes? Then once I understand what are my, you know, those variables that affect my performance, then you can actually do something about it. And also, you have to work with your team. Yes, you have to learn how to improve teamwork and to how to improve relationships within the group. It does make a difference, even though we don't go to work to make friends, because that's not the idea. And if it happens, that's amazing. And that's something that could be very beneficial. But at the end of the day, what we want to learn is human behavior. How is it that we have how or what type of group dynamics provide us with elements that are going to help us improve, you know, the work environment. And that does require social skills and social relationships. It doesn't matter if we're talking about the workplace. There is a social environment within the workplace that needs to be addressed and needs to be considered. One of the things that we also have to consider is to move away from the bad apple theory, okay? And the bad apple theory basically, you know, means that, you know, everything would be perfect if it wasn't because of one bad apple in the group. And you have to be very careful because when we talk about bad apple, and this is very interesting because this has happened to me. I'm not going to say that there are bad apples in a group. They are. Come on, let's be honest here. There are, you know, members of teams that not all the time help in the, you know, with the group dynamics and those things and those people need to be identified. Not because you want to work on discipline or because you want to work on, you know, punitive actions, but because those type of resources are usually very good when it comes to making improvements to the group. And the good and the reason why I say this is because most of the times when we identify the quote-unquote bad, bad apple, what we have been identifying is somebody that has a different attitude towards the work. And most of the times we need to know why. Why is it that these quote-unquote members of it, why is it that they feel the way they feel? Why is there frustration? Why is there, you know, that, you know, negative attitude? Because there's always a reason for that. My experience has been that most of the times these quote-unquote problematic people, which I used to be one of them, by the way, why is it that they feel the way they do? And most of the times it's because there's frustration. And that frustration could be directly related to the fact that you're not paying attention to what's happening or that you're not listening to the things that actually create this frustration. And most of the times those frustrations from one person that expresses them 
are very similar to other members of the team. So that needs to be addressed. One of the things that I usually do when I find somebody that, you know, it's identified as somebody that's always against the rules and always having a some type of, you know, a complaint. And actually, if we consider those, you know, employees, people that have an impact to the rest of the group, then you would have to question yourself what kind of leadership within the group these people have. Because most of the times when we say, well, this person is always complaining and then everybody else is, you know, it creates a problem within the group. So that means that there's certain leadership there and not necessarily a good leadership, but a nocive leadership. So when I see this always, and this is what I think, I'm thinking there is a leadership because this person is having an impact in the rest of the group. So what if this person is part of my group? meaning my group for implementing initiatives to doing some other things. Because if you have leadership to do harm, then you have, you know, the power to do things right and to have an impact with the rest of the group. And that's what we want to do. We want to get, you know, get them to be part of our team, of our effort and use that leadership for the good things and not, and remove that from the constant complaining and all of these things. So yes, be careful with the bad apple because the bad apple could become one of your best assets when it comes to teamwork within your group. So when talking about human limitations, we know, and I have discussed this before, that again, humans are, you know, we are going to make mistakes. And there is a reason for that is because we have limitations and we have limitations in memory, attention, visual detection, vigilance. The brain sometimes doesn't help because we, you know, the brain compensates for certain things. And then on top of that, we have overconfidence and overconfidence creates complacency. And complacency becomes a problem because you really think or that nothing is going to go wrong and you won't be able to anticipate possible things or possible problems. So that's why overconfidence is one of those things that we need to address. And when it comes to the supervisory role, we can really do this. How? You have to do your walkthroughs. You have to correct performance as soon as you detect it. And you have to, you know, enforce the rules because that's what's going to create this environment in which we have to, you know, acknowledge that there are rules and there are procedures and there are things that need to be followed. But in that case, when we talk about overconfidence, what we're trying to say is, look, we are all imperfect. We are all going to make mistakes. And it doesn't have anything to do with knowledge, skill, or abilities. It's, it has to do with the fact that we are humans and that's our nature. So when I talk about these things, I always like to talk about the types of errors, but specifically about intentional errors. And again, I have talked about this. Intentional errors are things that I do intentionally because it makes sense to me considering my circumstances and it never means that I want to do harm. And we know about this because I've talked about it also that, you know, when you want to do harm is sabotage and that's not defined as human error. But when we talk about intentional mistakes, what we are saying is that it made sense to me at the time to cut this particular corner, right? We don't want people to to cut corners. But on the other hand, there is a lot of messages that are usually stronger than don't cut 
corners. What are those messages? Well, we want to do more with less. We want to reduce cycle time. We want to improve throughput. All of these things that are going to be in the back of my mind, meaning that they are going to direct my behavior towards the actions that are going to satisfy those type of goals, which are goals that we tell to our people. Yes, I want to, you know, reduce cycle time, but I don't want you to cut corners. What we are talking about is identifying opportunities of things that can be removed from our process, but never things that are going to have an impact. The problem is that sometimes people don't know why. And here is the power of why again. Why do I have to do the things that I do the way I do them? Why I can't skip a step? Why is it that I can't do a little bit more or a little bit less? And in that way, we will allow people to have a reason to self-regulate. So at the end of the day, self-regulation, which is basically self-supervision, is directly relating it related to understanding why I have to do this this way. So as supervisors, we know we have to adjust our expectations and clarifying expectations, meaning that people will make mistakes. What's going to make a difference is how we address those mistakes and how we work towards those opportunities. And I know a lot of people, it's kind of a cliche, you know, don't talk about problems. They're all opportunities. Well, they're problems, okay? They are problems. But problems can only be fixed if we identify the opportunities and the solutions, okay? So when we're talking about, you know, the fact that we are going to make mistakes, the good news about it is that we are going to learn about those mistakes and that we will be able to avoid future mistakes associated or similar to those and that we are going to learn and the learning, it's going to happen collectively. And that's why I always recommend supervisors to have regular meetings to talk about things that have gone good, you know, that has been successful and things that have not with the intention to be punitive. I can't stress that enough. Another thing that I want to say when it comes to supervisors is to consider the systems. Okay. We have, we work in an organization. And of course, I'm the supervisor of this group. And this, you know, what I have to do with my group is packaging. I'm the supervisor of packaging. And that's what, you know, I'm responsible for the packaging of the product. Okay. So that's what's happening right there. I'm responsible for that. Now, in order for me to be able to do that packaging, I have to receive the product from manufacturing. I have to have certain approvals from quality. I have to have certain, you know, equipment available to be able to do my activities. I have to have my people, you know, trained and qualified to do this. So that suggests that we have support systems. Now, one of the things that I have noticed with support systems is that most of the times they don't support manufacturing. And this applies whether it's service or meaning operation, that support systems don't necessarily support operations. And I noticed this because I remember in one of the companies that I worked, I started, you know, implementing, when I started, I started implementing, you know, instructor qualifications, employee qualifications, on-the-job training, all of these things that would provide these with what they need to be successful. But one person, I remember this was a manager and this was very eye-opening because I remember that the manager had all these documents and they actually, you know, came to my office to provide me with all of this information. And I said, but wait, you know, I don't want you to be coming here. You have things to do, you know, with your group. 
we are going to assign somebody to your group to make sure we have all the documentation, to have all the needs assessments performed, and we are going to do the schedules to do the training with you. Are We are going to support you. That's what we do. We are a support system. And the answer from that manager was like, it was about time that training did their job. And that was amazing because it was like, well, it didn't feel good, but it felt great because even though the perception was that we were not doing our job, they were at some point identifying now they are going to do it. And that's what you want to do. You want to support manufacturing. You want to support operations because at the end of the day, that's the most important group in, in, in our facilities. You don't sell training. You don't sell documents. You sell product and product is what needs to be out the door. So we need to support operations and not the other way around, because at the end of the day, what happens is that manufacturing operations and supporting support systems, as opposed to support systems supporting them. Another thing that is a very good thing to do when you are working with your group is to get together and identify possibilities of mistakes or possibilities of problem and anticipate those so you can predict if they're going to happen again. This is very, the best way of doing this is having regular meetings for opportunities. And it's not the idea box, you know, it's, that's not what we're talking about. And that, that could be one of the ideas, right? The idea box. But most of the times what we're talking about is to have conversations and have discussions and blur those lines of, you know, authority in a way that we are all going to be the same because at the end of the day, in this meeting, we are all trying to achieve a particular goal, which is identify and predict what could go wrong so we can determine if we're going to put barriers of defense or if we're going to basically implement something that it's going to prevent those things from happening. Now, what are the things that affect our work environment when it comes to the role of the supervisor? Well, we have a couple or several that I'm going to discuss. First, you have to be prepared, okay? And one of the things that gets you there is to have a good job plan, to be very careful when you give instructions to workers, to make sure you have a good schedule and you assign people to the right activities or job match people to their activities, and that you have a good pool of people that are going to be experts. What I'm trying to say here is be careful because sometimes we make mistakes when assigning people to their job just because we don't have people that have been cross-trained. Now, remember that cross-training needs to be well-developed, well-designed, and you have to be very careful who do you select for this because if I'm cross-trained and I won't be able to do the activity, then you're basically wasting your time. So you have to have selected people to be cross-trained in different critical activities so in case that you don't have an expert then you have some backup for that particular expert. Another important element of our role is that we need to be there. Presence is important. A lot of people talk about absence, but absence is not the problem. It's the lack of presence. And, and that doesn't mean that because when we talk about absence, we think about the person not being at the site, but then 
absent also could mean that you are not in the place you need to be there. So we have to think about presence and that you are going to be available because supervision needs to be on the floor. Supervisors need to be on the floor. And one of the things that usually happens is that we invite um, supervisors all the time um, to different meetings and we have them doing um, somebody else's job most of the time. When in reality, the role of the supervisors is to supervise, meaning to look over, supervise, oh, so we do have to be present. We have to do walkthroughs. We have to enforce rules. We have to enforce procedures and we have to correct improper performance when detected. And as closer to the event, the best, the better for that. You know, the closer that you correct the performance to the activity, then that's going to have a major or a better impact in the behavior. Other things that can be done is to work with other types of tools. You want to do a pre-job brief. Now, the pre-job brief is very important because that's what you're going to use when you have your initial meeting or your debriefing meeting. Now, the pre-job brief should be a meeting in which you have a particular checklist. What do you want to include there? Well, you want to include the scope, you want to define the roles, you want to anticipate challenges, discuss past challenges. And one thing that is very important about pre-job brief meetings is that the attendance is mandatory and that it has to be close to the activity. You don't want to do a pre-job brief for something that we're going to do next week. No, you want to do a pre-job brief immediately before you are going to or close to the time of the activity. When do we make pre-job brief? Well, you can do it daily. You can do it weekly. You can do it when the process is complex or you're going to be doing something for the first time or you're going to be doing something that it's non-routine. When it requires significant coordination, when there is a potential for something to go wrong, when you're going to make changes or you have a normal situation. So those are the moments in which you want to do pre-job brief. And that's going to really help you because in that meeting, you are going to have all this information before starting. Now, another critical element of the pre-job brief is to promote questioning. You want to promote questioning because you want to challenge preconceptions. You want to challenge assumptions. You want to stimulate thinking. That's why we do this podcast, because we want people to ask why for things why, what, when, all of these things. So you want to stimulate thinking because that's what's going to prepare people to manage unexpected situations. There's so many things that we can predict, other things we would have to manage as they come up in the process and not something that necessarily we anticipated. So when we promote thinking, we are preparing people to manage unexpected situations. You wonder, you want to also make sure that people understand the why, the when, how, why not, and all of those things about each one of their preconceptions. So you do want to have these meetings and especially you want to promote questioning. Remember that people sometimes don't feel safe. You have to make the environment safe and you have to let them know this is a safe environment. Okay. And that's what's going to make a difference between people feeling comfortable of sharing bad news. And we need to know those things because otherwise we are just supervising, you know, blind. Last but not least, you want to coach 
people. You want to engage. You want to recognize people when they're doing a good job. You want to immediately correct so you can, and when you correct, you take that opportunity to coach people, to share the knowledge and to reinforce positive behavior. So use that opportunity to coach people and develop people. Remember, those are the only ones that can make you look good only people that you supervise. So make sure you work with your team. You have an environment in which people, under, you know, feel comfortable sharing ideas, sharing concerns, and that you have a healthy, you know, work environment. I think that this is what's going to make you very successful when it comes to supervision. And of course, you want to make sure that you have the skills to manage people because at the end of the day, When you supervise, you're not supervising equipment, you're not supervising a product, you're supervising people, right? So that's it for today. I think and I hope that this is going to be helpful. Remember to subscribe, share, and make sure you send us an email if you have any questions, if you have any concerns to the power of why podcast at gmail.com. I gave you the information. Now you roll with it. Take it away. This has been a Mission Matters Network production. Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog by visiting missionmatters.com.